I'm Tanner Scott, and you are listening to Secrets to Scale. If you want to scale your business, you've come to the right place because this podcast is all centered around hearing successful stories from successful people and uncovering their secrets to scaling their businesses. This week on the show, Sean Castrina joins me to talk about why startups fail. There are a few main things that you need to do when you first start a business that will increase your chances of success. Stick around to find out what those are. Welcome to the show, Sean. I'm really excited to have you. Tell us who you are and what you do. All right. Sean Castorino, I'm a best-selling author of four business books, mostly on entrepreneurship. Host the top 10, one of the top podcasts in the world, the 10-Minute Entrepreneur Podcast. And I'm a business guy. I start and grow companies. And that's, that's pretty much it. Gives it all to you. So how did your career get started? Can you kind of tell us uh, the short version of your story? Yeah, you know, I was in graduate school, thought I was at my dream job where I'd be forever. Uh, There was a change in leadership and then a change in staffing, was let go, realized then that employment was probably not as secure as I thought it would be. And uh, just started starting companies then, a service company, something really small. Uh, I started an auto detailing company when I was selling insurance because my car was dirty. And I thought it'd be really cool if somebody like came to the sales meeting and cleaned it while I was there. And that model of just, you know, you don't have to love the business. There just needs to be a demand for it. I've kind of done that for the last 30 years and it's made millions of dollars and millions and millions of dollars just on that concept of, of service companies. You know, whenever I can get a human being involved in it, um, you know, that's that's the X factor. You know, like Am- I, I'm not looking for things that compete with Amazon uh, software, AI. I mean, that's not my niche. I need a, if it involves a human being that can do it. Well, then, then there's probably a chance you can make some money. Yeah. I mean, there's an opportunity really with anything, right? It doesn't have to be flashy or, you know, high tech or anything truly innovative, right? It just needs to be, you know, a good model and something you can, you know, deliver better than anyone else, right? Solve a problem, meet a, meet a need or satisfy a want. Do one of those three things or entertain somebody. If you do that, you have a business, you know, and there just needs to be enough profit in it to make it worth your attention. Yeah, for sure. So what would you attribute your success to over the years? You know, fairly resilient, but I generally don't hold on to things that I don't think are good. So I, in other words, if something is failing, I can accept that. I don't, I don't, you know, I can accept that. Okay. I, you know, the inf- based on the information I had at the time, it looked like a good idea or it looked like a good business, but it's not. I don't need to hold on to it for a great deal of time. I can take that loss, make notes on what I would do differently, and then apply it towards the next business. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, back when you were first starting your businesses, you know, what were some of the main problems or obstacles that you faced and had to overcome? I'm initially when you start a business, you don't, you don't realize that you don't know so many different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just a lot that you don't know about. And, and I found that lack of knowledge a lot of times is expensive, but it is what it is. You can't know it all when you get started. 
And, and if you knew what you were going to have to go through, you probably wouldn't have started the business anyway. It really is. I've always yeah. said if I could, the one superpower I don't want is the ability to see the future um, because, you know, you'd see how daunting it would be and the challenge would be so difficult. You probably would have never done it. So, you know, I think that, you, you know, I think successful entrepreneurs are wired a little bit differently. And I, and I want to preface, there's business owners and entrepreneurs, and I do think they're different. A business owner tends to start a business, holds on to it for dear life, grateful that it pays his bills, that they're making a little bit more than he was maybe when he was working or she was got a little bit of flexibility. But they're they're like the person holding the steering wheel during an ice storm. You yeah, know? I mean, I think what you're saying is a business owner really just gave themselves a job, right? Exactly. They're grateful that they kind of swap one for the other and they got a little bit of flexibility and freedom. And, and that's great. I, I have no problem with that. But you're a business owner. An entrepreneur is an addict. They're always looking for another opportunity. They're always looking for a way to scale it. You know, there's always something else. They're, they're never satisfied. Yeah, I mean, entrepreneurs get bored, right? I mean, extremely once you, fast. Once you, once you tackle something that was, you know, really hard and you're kind of just complacent and just sitting there, you know, regardless if you're doing really well or not, uh, you can't help but just to think, you know, the grass is greener on the other side and you got this new idea that's going to be way better than your first one. And then you just, it's a never ending cycle, right? Absolutely. So today we're discussing why startups fail. In your experience, what's the number one reason why that happens? I, you know, I think it's a combination of three things, but this is, you know, what I've kind of said, it's kind of like the Bermuda Triangle and, you know, you fly a plane or a boat anywhere near these three quadrants, uh, you know, bad things happen. I think the first thing is, is that entrepreneurs tend to fall so in love with their idea that they just don't test it. They just assume, well, God, I, you know, I like, uh, you know, whatever it is, you know, something I got, I like arts and crafts. My friends like arts and crafts. I'm sure I could start an arts and crafts store, you know, in a town of 20,000 you know, and, and stuff like that. I like needlework. You kind of get the idea. So I, I think too often people start an idea. They start with an idea that's just not, a, it's just untested. And they, they, you know, if they would have just tested it, they may have realized that maybe in the area that I live, you know, I need a bigger city to do this. I need more demand to do this or whatever the case may be. You know, I think testing your idea, idea initially is a very, very, very good idea. That's probably the number one mistake. Mm-hmm. But then quickly thereafter, we tend to staff with friends and family when we need to do a good hire. Like that, the early hires are critical. You need to hire somebody initially that can pull the burden from you so you can kind of focus on your business. And we tend not to do that because friends and family are less expensive and they're grateful to have a job. And then, you know, biggest reasons why they fail is because most people that fail at, at entrepreneurship over and over oftentimes it it tends to be a personal deficiency. They don't have discipline. They're not focused. uh, They don't have the charisma necessary to attract staff. You know, they're not good at making decisions, you know, or solving problems. They, They tend to lack a variety of personal skills that just make it really hard for them to do it. Or some people, we've been around people that they just walk into a room and three people want to work for them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's important, right? I mean, you need to attract it is. not only customers but good help, right? Uh, and, yeah, I mean, the ability to attract talent is the number one way to scale. I mean, if you, it's hard to scale if you can't attract talent. Yeah, for sure. And and like you said, you know, 
owning a business or being an entrepreneur is definitely not for everyone. Like you said, if you, if you could look into the future and see all the hardships that you were going to go through to get to the other side, you probably wouldn't do it. I mean, I'm in that boat too, because, uh, you know, it's, it's typical for an entrepreneur to be super naive to the fact and like, Oh, I can do it. How hard could it be? Right. And by the time it does get that hard, you're already so deep into it. And you're like, well, you can't give up now. Right. And that's usually it helps get you through to the other side. No, I, I I completely agree with you. It's, it's, it's being an entrepreneur is tough. And, and, and I always tell people as well, I, I, I say this as much on the shows that I'm on it's okay to be an employee as well. I have extraordinary employees that I'm grateful for that get paid ex- really, really well. I mean, I got a lot of employees that make over a hundred thousand with me. I got one that makes over a quarter of a million. Hey, you could, you know, Steve Ballmer was an employee, you know, of obviously Microsoft worth $53 billion. You know, Tim Cook, employee, Apple, Sharon Sandberg, employee, you know, of Facebook. I mean, they're all billionaires. So, you know, there's you got to find the road that works for you. Right. And, and we need employees, right? I mean, Absolutely. not everyone can be a one person show and we just, you know, have a fragmented economy like that. Right. No, I'm, I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with being an exceptionally talented person and you just like helping others build their business. You kind of like that. You don't have financial, maybe skin in the game. It fits your personality type. You're not a risk taker. But you want to help, you know, you're, there's a lot, you look at a lot of great head coaches in sports and you don't realize they have this long-term assistant that they've had for like 20 years. It's in all the college programs, you know, this assistant that goes everywhere with them and it just fits the temperament of the assistant likes it. You know, the, the, you know, the spotlight's not on them, but behind the scenes, they're like the glue. Yeah, for sure. I mean, every single piece of the puzzle is very important, right? And you know, we need people at the bottom and we need, we need people at the top. I mean, every, every role is important, right? Absolutely. Somebody's got to open the doors. Exactly. So what are some other reasons that you see a uh, cause of startup to fail? I mean, one that I'm kind of thinking of is, you know, just having the wrong business partners. You know, I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. I've made millions of dollars with business partners and have had very few bad ones. I genuinely think people that have problems with business partners, they made a mistake on the front end. Like number one is you, you brought somebody as a partner that you didn't need. In other words, they didn't bring, and I, and I want to preface that real, make it clear. You only partner with someone who brings something to the table that without them, the business could not get off the ground or could not go to the next level. That's the only way you bring a partner in. Okay, you don't just bring a partner in because they're your buddy and they're the ones that break up because the buddy wants to, you know, is making decent money and gets a little lazy and stops going on sales calls, takes up golf or, you know, has got a new hobby, got a new girlfriend, wh- whatever the case may be. That's not a good partnership. And that wasn't a good partnership from the beginning. It was in a failed, you know, it was, it was set up on, on a failed foundation. If you partner with somebody and they know they need you and you know you need them, and you, you, you align, you, your value structure aligns in how you guys would do business. You don't have somebody lying to customers and somebody who doesn't really feel comfortable with that. That's not going to work. But if, if you partner with the right person, I mean, I can go, you know, your best businesses in the world were partnerships. I mean, why Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, you know, Berkshire Hathaway. I mean, why would somebody as smart as Warren Buffett have a partner? Well, there's a reason. You know, Bill Gates, Paul Allen. 
you know, and Wozniak with Steve Jobs, your smartest guys. You can go to Elon Musk, PayPal was a partnership, Tesla partnership. You can go, you know, your greatest businesses, McDonald's. I mean, I can keep going down the line. Partnerships, Chick-fil-A, partnerships. So it, it you know, it works, but you 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 need to do it right from the front end. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head, you know, each partner needs to bring something to the table that the other partners can't really live without, right? <laughs> exactly. No, it has to be joint survival. Mutual yeah, de- mutual destruction if one leaves. And it has to be like, you know, a C-suite compliment, right? So like, you know, someone that, let's say a tech business, for example, someone that's really good at sales and marketing, someone that's really good at building tech, right? A- absolutely. Compliment each other perfectly. Um, I think, like you said, people like just having company along the journey and that's how they bring on the wrong partners. And like you said, uh, you know, bringing your buddy on just because you think it would be fun to work together. I mean, that's, that's like, right. He gets bored five years into it or he doesn't want to split the money with you or he thinks he's doing a little bit more than you at some point and that hits the fan. Well, I'm doing a lot more than you and we're doing a 50, 50 split or there's just so many, you you need to know why you start the business. You need to have it clearly in writing on what you guys agreed to. So if it lasted, you know what the split is. If you divorced, you know what it would be like. You know, just kind of go into what I say rules of engagement. But partnerships, no question to me, is the fastest way to scale your business to grow it because you got two people. Two people, you create a force multiplier. Two people can create the energy of three. One person can only create the energy of one. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just, it's only so much momentum you can have with one person. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, a big part of me wishes that I had a partner in the beginning and I've always just done everything myself. And I think that I was a little bit of selfish back then just because I, wanted to make all the decisions and I don't want to worry about going back and forth with partners and stuff like that. But yeah, I think it definitely took a lot longer to get to where I wanted to go because I did not have a partner, but. Hindsight's twenty twenty, as they say. Of course. So Sean, what would you say your secrets to scale are? I mean, one is, as I said, partnering, I've had the ability to track ex- exceptional partners over the years and I'm always humbled at who I have, you know, within my sphere and and working with me to help businesses. Number two is I think, you know, I, I have a general, a good energy, you know, I don't know how to say, but I I know how to communicate in such a way that people tend to want to join me in whatever I'm doing and cut and clients tend to want to do business with me. So that the ability to communicate things in a very clear way that, you know, gives people confidence that, you know, I've had people say, you know, I'm, I wasn't sure you quite knew what you were doing. I just knew you would get it done. Like I, I wasn't completely sure of whatever, but I just knew you would get it done. And, and, and I, I bought into it because of you, that you would figure it out. Yeah. And, and that's why every, that's why every startup needs a visionary, right? I mean, you're, you're selling the, the vision or the dream and, you know, you really don't really have to have anything to back up what you're talking about, right? I mean, people are- At some point, you're going to have to get it fast. Uh, What I'd say is this, uh, because it's funny, I I was consulting a visionary about a month ago. And I told him, I said, I love that you're a visionary, but at some point, you got to go to work. (laughs) In other words, your staff is wondering when you're going to start working. Like you you had, you have a good vision and, and, you know, you're very- the future is great. I said, but at the end of the day, you got to be the rainmaker. You got to do something. You got to have, yeah, you got to have a definitive job in the building. 
Yes, for sure. I mean, you you should still be leading the company. You should still be rolling up your sleeves and getting your hands dirty. And this guy was going. He's in, in five masterminds, traveling the world, while <laughs> his company is burning through money at at a burn rate that's scary. He's probably just typing in his Slack channel. Hey, I got a new idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little, little bit, a little too much vision and not enough doing. At the end of the day, I, I like to think all my partners know that I will. I want the ball when it's inside the ten yard line. Like, and I don't mind taking a hit. So I'm not, you know, I'll, I'll do whatever's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good quality to have. And I think that's definitely a quality that we should all be striving to have and look for and potential partners and stuff like that. So Sean, I really want to thank you for taking the time to sit down with me today. Is there anything that I did not ask you that you think might benefit the audience? Uh, no, I think there, I mean, Hey, you know, at the end of the day, you, 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 you have an idea, you need to test it, you know, see if there's a little bit of a wanting audience and then you take action on it. If it's, you know, you'll need to pivot a few times early on to get it. You know, you'll get an opportunity you never saw coming. And if by chance you're like a year into it and you're not making any money, guess what? It was probably a bad idea. Either make a massive pivot or dump it, sit down for a weekend, figure out everything you do differently, find a better idea a second time and then start another one. That's it. Yeah. And I, and I really agree with the market validation thing because, you know, having a bad idea is like the reason why so many businesses fail. Right. Yeah. they're just and, and all you really had to do was, you know, go out there and understand, okay, who has this problem? How am I going to solve it? Are people willing to pay to solve this problem? Yeah, or is, is there enough of them? Exactly. Yeah. And I always say, you know, unless you're selling ice, you know, unless you're selling islands and jets, you know, you need to have a, you need to have a big enough audience that, that shared that, that de desire for it. And, um, you know, but if anybody wants to, you know, figure out who I am or, you know, if you go to seancastrina.com, uh, you know, I'm on Instagram verified and, and uh, I think I post something every day, at least that's what my team tells me. I know I make a lot of videos. And then if you go to seancastrina.com, I have, I'm giving away a free book. And, uh, and every month I send out a couple of newsletters that really can help any business owner. Just very straight to the point, five steps to do this, three steps to do that, whatever the case may be. So if you go to seancastrina.com or seancastrina on Instagram, I think you'll have some value there. Awesome, man. Well, we'll be sure to link that up in the show notes. And thanks again, Sean. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Seekers to Scale. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss another episode. This episode is sponsored by Ranksy Digital Marketing. If you need any help at all growing your business online, we would love to help you. Just visit our website at ranksy.com. That's R-A-N-K-S-E-Y.com.